Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today's show today is already June 9th, 2021. Wow, we are on Relationship Wednesday. The time just keeps not just going by, but it means something different. I'm noticing that in this time, I wanted to talk about vulnerability because people are wearing their vulnerability on their sleeves. They're saying, hey, I like this. I don't like that. I want this. I don't want that. They're, we're way more clear about what we're looking for in life. We've had a lot of time to think about the things we think about to the point where we're talking about them now. You know, it's it's like, you know, a lot of stuff we couldn't say before and we're waiting for the right moment or we're waiting for the right person. But now we're just like, hey. This is how I feel. What do I do with it? What do I do with me? So in relationships, people talk about, I was being vulnerable, like you owe them something for being vulnerable, or that they owe you being vulnerable in order to be closer or to grow to a place where you guys can grow from there and the vulnerability is no longer vulnerable between the two of you. But yet, being vulnerable, just being, allowing yourself, let's say, to be vulnerable, to accept that maybe you're not right, to accept that maybe something in your past is affecting you now. But to say these things out loud starts to solve something else in the relationship. Because when we say, hey, I feel really vulnerable right now, we're saying, okay, I don't know what to do. I know this is happening. Not only do I know this is happening, I'm paying attention to us dealing with this. And when you can say those things out loud, the other person gets that you get what's going on. So they don't have to cross all these lines to like drum it in your head what they're saying and keep repeating themselves because they don't feel heard. Because now you're saying, hey, I get that they're feeling like this, and you come from a different place than accusing. And I call this 
to my son when like something happens and I go, okay, this gets the wagging finger where, you know, somebody's pointing their finger and they're just swishing it around. And there's something about building security in our relationships and there's ways to do it because no matter how old we are, when we meet new people, the first thing we do is hide our vulnerabilities. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. Oh, yeah, I know, you know, we're so strong. And then as we get to know people, that starts to show up. Because you can't put a lid on them. You can you can push them off for a day or two, but you can't put a lid on our vulnerabilities because they're kind of running the show. That protective feeling. And then people may notice, like, hey, I noticed that you don't like to be in crowds. Or I noticed that, you know, you want something, but you just never really push yourself to get it. Like, what's going on? But it takes a watchful, caring eye to tell you those things in a relationship. So creating a secure space for vulnerability so that you can say it and other people, you don't have to wait for them to notice it or hope they're not noticing it or thinking you're hiding it well, is to really take the time in your lives together to create a safety into the relationship where you have this space where you guys may talk regularly, like every day, whether it's at dinner or whether it's before bed or it's on a walk. But wherever the two of you spend time, instead of having things being unsaid, that that's the safe place if you have something to say. Because not every day do you want to sit and talk about yourself and all your vulnerabilities. But that's what makes it the safe place, that if you needed to, this is a great time to do it. Some people, it's when they're in the car together. And they say, hey, you know what, wanted to run this by you. Tell me what you think. I just need to vent. You don't even need to answer me, but if you don't mind listening, and if you have any feedback, I'd love to hear it. Because when we start talking like that, the wagging finger goes away. I know I make a joke of it, like, oh, wagging finger, like I say it out loud. But it makes it less threatening and gives us humor. We don't have to be so dead serious all the time and scared to talk, even with our children. This, you know, relationships are relationships. It's what we do in them that's different. But even with our kids, having a safe place, or safe moments or a regular time every day where you interact and they know that they can just say anything. Like, hey, mom, let me run this by you. What do you think I should do? Or dad. Or husband and wife. Or partners. Or people who just met. 
I noticed that a lot of people, when they first meet, they kind of bond on trauma, you know, that whole trauma bonding thing where, you know, well, my life, well, you should see what I went through. Well, you should see what I went through. And then, you know, you're bonding on your pain. But when you're vulnerable, you're saying, I get what's going on, and I am willing, willing to take a look at it. It's not my story. It's not who I am. It's who I am as a result of the experiences I've had, and I want to fix it. I want to grow through it. I want to change it. I want to face it. I remember once someone said something to me, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And they're like, hey, I was being vulnerable. And I thought, okay. And I I didn't understand at the time what that meant to them. But it turned out they were going to therapy, and the therapist told them that it's good to be vulnerable in a relationship. So they would announce when they were going to be vulnerable. And then I didn't know what to do as someone who didn't understand what they were going through, didn't know they were in therapy, didn't know that they were working on just being vulnerable, whatever that meant to them. Because what vulnerability meant to me was, hey, you're willing to say what's going on. You get what's going on. No one has to beat you over the head with it. And when you do say what's going on, You don't get clobbered for it. You don't get put down. It doesn't get used against you. Hey, you know what? I want to stay up late and I can't. And if you going out after nine is something you really, really want to do, I mean, nine o'clock, geez, I'm going to sleep. That's a, a big difference and it makes you feel vulnerable that they're out start thinking well where are they and what's so important that you go out that late and it starts causing questions then if he says you know what i go us you know the guys and i go play video games and that's what we do and that's fun for us you'd be like oh yeah he's out playing video games with john But we just need to say, going on in our minds, out loud, and you realize that it loses its power over us. Just because we said it. We don't even need to do anything about it. We put it in the air, and now the two of you, the two of you will do something about it. Because it becomes a place where you have created a safe environment by not overreacting, pointing fingers, being upset with them because you don't like the answer. Let's say, go. You want to go? Okay. So what are you going to do? Oh, this. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be asleep, though. Okay. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Now, if it's going on every day and every night, then you you guys, you know, might say we need to reel this in a little bit. Maybe we do this once a week or twice a week. 
but a part of me worries you'll get home safe. A part of me, you know, thinks, I don't know about building this in, you know, to our work, but what if you guys come here some of the time? And you start coming up with things that make you both comfortable. You have children who want to do that, and they're not home every night. And then you say, hey, wait a minute, let's balance this, because as a parent, I can't sleep with you gone late at night. If you want to have a sleepover here, that's fine. I just don't want you out in the streets after 11 or after 10.30 or after 10, depending on how old they are. So creating safety allows for solutions instead of creating problems that stick around for a long time and then it's pointing fingers and you never let me and you always let me and you always say that and I knew you were going to say that and we start attacking. We think we know people better than the person knows themselves and that is never true. You don't know what made them them. Only know what they told you and that's only their version of it. It's only their version of it. So when you guys can name and share moments of vulnerability in your past, when you didn't see something coming and you trusted someone and then they betrayed that trust and now you feel like, can I trust someone? Okay, you have an issue with trust, but do you? Or do you just have an issue of trust with that person? Should you not trust your current partner? Should you not trust your children? Should you not trust your coworkers because one person, do they even exhibit the same behavior? You may have an eye out for it, but reeling ourselves in by naming the moments, naming the events. You know, like, oh, well, that was when someone lied to me. What do you call it? Ligate or something. You know, you just make up a name. You make it less painful and more just the description of the event because then in your mind it's just one event. It's not everybody does it. And it's so easy to do. And then we walk around and we don't trust people. And then we meet someone and we want to be close to them, but they're like, why don't you trust me? And they're probably fully trustworthy, but they can't feel it around you. So now they feel like they're subject to this thinking, and it starts affecting them. And they're like, hey, you know, you really got to trust me. This isn't okay. You question everything I do, everything I say. Even if I have a source to back it up, you are questioning me. So you can have a talk about identifying factors in your life, things in your life that make you feel safe. Maybe just checking in makes you feel safe. You know they're safe. You know they're okay. You know where they are. They know where you are. And everybody feels like they are working in a partnership. Some people just want to know you're okay. Text me. Let me know you got there. Other people need a phone call. 
Some people don't need anything unless you don't show up when you said you were, and then they call. But what works for the two of you? What are the identifying factors that make you feel safe? This is one we do learn with younger people in our families, whether they're nieces and nephews or or our own children or our brothers and sisters that are younger than us. We kind of want to keep tabs on them because we, we worry. We always feel like they don't know how crazy the world could be and they could put themselves at risk or put themselves in danger. We learn that there. But in a relationship, it really builds. It just builds into the fabric of the relationship, into the fabric of the conversation that you guys manage the vulnerabilities effectively. You know, like it's not oh, just like a haphazard, I'm going to fight every day over something you've done, but like, hey, just let me know where you are. No big deal. With kids, we put trackers on phones. You could find them so you know, okay, they're still at so-and-so's house. They didn't start coming home yet. Okay, this is where they are. I, I know where I can find them. I'm no longer vulnerable to getting a crazy phone call. And with partners, it says, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm present. I want to be here. We're okay. Let's just make sure we're all safe. Let's just make sure we're all okay. Let's make sure we could find each other if you're not answering your phone. Let's make sure we're safe emotionally, physically. It shows our commitment. And because of that, we go, we go through conflict with less destruction and disruption We don't have to destroy each other because we're upset every time we can't figure something out. Because what happens is the vulnerability starts to grow into this secure space where you feel like, hey, I can depend on this person. It starts taking away that lack of trust. It starts taking away that fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. So if ego tries to come in and mess with your relationship, you're like, wait, why am I thinking that? Everything is fine. Because what does ego do? It is the disruptor. It's exactly the conflict. If you were to trace back any conflict with people, someone's ego got in the way, it fought for itself, it rationalized, it tried to push you to the wall, And then it wants you to forgive the other person and tell them they're right when they listen to ego and you may not be willing to do that. And then the conflict goes on. So when you build safety, security, foundational type behaviors into a relationship, you start to trust that that relationship is a place that when you are vulnerable, You can be. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to pretend it isn't there. You just can be. So how do you create that security? Past a safe place. How does that safe place become? And the first thing you got to do is you have boundaries. If you say you're going to be somewhere, 
at 2 o'clock, you're there at 2 o'clock. If you're going to be late, you let them know. You don't just show up 15 minutes late. The other person's worried. And you just walk in like nothing happened because what happens? The other person gets mad. Why didn't you let me know? There's like a million ways to communicate. I waited for you. I stopped doing what I was doing, expecting you to be here at this time. So now the next time you make plans with them and you say 3 o'clock, you know they're not going to show up at 3 o'clock because the precedent has been set. Unless you say, if you're going to be late ever, let me know. Because then I can use that time wisely, too. I'm not over here waiting for you to pop in any minute. And then you do it again, and if they do get there on time, or if they're late, they let you know, both of which would be okay because you just want to know. Then you begin to say, oh, you know what? They really didn't mean that. They didn't think it was a big deal, but over time, those things become big deals. So you have boundaries. You set, hey, if this happens, let's react this way. There's warmth when we're engaging with each other. It's it's like, hey, you know what? I know time gets by all of us. And next time, if you're running late, just let me know so that I have, I have the space. I have the time, too. I had, a, I had a person who said I every time I'd call, I knew you'd be late, even if it was like five minutes. And I said, well, if you knew it, I started, I started not wanting to even make plans because for every single time I was ever on time, it was always a, I thought you'd be late because I was late once, and it was the first time. And so I felt like I could never win with this person. They just, you know, they they didn't have children. And I started thinking, thank God, because those kids would never have been not only forgiven, but given a way out in a place in a way to succeed. And then not judging, because that is judging, right? That's who you are. That's who I'm going to paint you into being. That's who I'm going to call all the time, that you're you're this person and you're like, no, I'm usually early to things. I was late. I, I still remember the day I was teaching Sunday school and one of the kids was having a problem with their parents. I wasn't just going to leave after class, but I thought I could because I usually did. But that day I didn't. As soon as I left, I did let them know. When I did let her know, she said, I knew you were going to be late when there was no precedent for her to even say that. And so it was an interesting interaction. But the judgment didn't make me feel I was safe. The lack of warmth. I did call. When we start doing that, what happens to those relationships is the integrity of the relationship feels like a power struggle rather than sharing values and, you know, that alignment 
that our actions are going towards each other, not away from each other. Because I did feel vulnerable. I felt vulnerable to anything I said or did with this person. So the integrity of our relationship was unable to exist. But when we know what our values are, we're like, hey, thank God I met someone with values we can share, enjoying the actions that we we do with each other, to each other, as a result of knowing each other and being better as a result of knowing each other, bouncing in great directions because we know each other. Because when you see people who say, hey, you're like that wind beneath my wings, you know that their vulnerabilities are safe with this person. They're not being put down. When you're angry, they're not the punching bag. doesn't mean everyone's calm all the time. It just means that there are certain boundaries and warmth and lack of judgment and integrity that we follow. There's like lines we don't cross. We just don't go below those lines because then we will attack the vulnerability issue in relationships. And then the conflicts that we do have, instead of being less disruptive, will be highly disruptive where we don't talk for days or months or maybe never again in the ways that we once did. Because once you have the boundaries and that warmth and that lack of judgment and the integrity gets to grow, that's what it takes for the safety to happen. That you understand that you guys have a unique relationship because the two of you are unique to each other. People that we bring into our lives. And how does their history impact our relationship? How does my history impact our relationship? And when you can look at that in a safe environment, you will grow through it and past it. I know people who are with partners that are now ill or that may have passed. And we look back and we say, you know what? They gave me a safe place to grow, and I grew, and I'm so thankful for them because my life now can continue to grow. I have seen an example of that kind of honesty, of that kind of caring, of those kinds of conversations. They built a standard in my mind, as to what I will accept and what I will not from this day forward. Vulnerability is the most overlooked part. We just assume everyone has, we call it baggage, but if we renamed baggage vulnerability, We would look at each other differently. We think that it's all love at first sight, and if it's not, it's nothing. 
And then we sit there and wonder why things aren't the way we want them to be. Isn't this supposed to be love? But love is why we do the boundaries and the warmth and the non-judgment and have the integrity and have that safety built in because it all goes back to reliability and accountability, self-accounting. Because self-accounting tells others, tells you, and then tells others, shows others, shares with others that, hey, I get my life. I get my life. And because I get it, I'm going to be able to help and understand my relationship with you. I'm in. Both feet. Not one foot in and one foot out dealing with all my stuff. I'm in. And I'll deal with things as they come. I don't need to download it and fix it all in one day. It'll show up when it does. And if it doesn't, then maybe I've just kind of outgrown it. Really, really think about that. It's just such a subtle topic as usual. But vulnerability creates safety around our vulnerabilities in our relationships. And you can stay in that relationship. It would be a lifer. You guys, my time is almost up. If you need more information or want any more information, you can go to my website at NadiaKhalil.com, and I will see you tomorrow on Dream Theme Thursday. Thank you. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.NadiaKhalil.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.